This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. It's time for the Bob Pompiani Show, an in-depth look at local sports with KDKA-TV's own Bob Pompiani. Brought to you by PNC Bank, number one Cochran, Ireland Contracting, Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. The Bob Pompiani Show on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Beautiful day here in Pittsburgh. Hope you're out enjoying it. If you're driving around and you want to talk sports, call me at 412-928-9370. You can also hit me up on Twitter at KD Pomp. The Bob Pompiani Show is brought to you by Number One Cochrane. Go one better and ride in style at Number One Cochrane. Also, PNC Bank, make today the day. And Ireland Contracting, visit IrelandContracting.com. You can text us on the Edgar Snyder and Associates fan text line, same as the call-in line. It's 928-9370. Edgar Snyder and Associates remind you to text responsibly and follow this station on Twitter at 937thefan, driven by Jim Shorky Kia in Wexford, North Huntington, and Uniontown, Pittsburgh's number one Kia dealer. Visit shorkykia.com. And when you call in, you'll be doing so on the workers' compensation law firm of Hall and Capitas. 412-928-9370. We've talked a lot about the Steelers. That football conversation continues to move on because it's now a year-round sport with all the activity, free agency, the buildup of the draft, even though there are no um, uh, interesting things happening in Indianapolis, the combine has been canceled. A lot of teams are going to individual workouts, and we, we saw Zach Wilson f- just throw the ball all over the place at BYU yesterday. And, boy, that guy's got an unbelievable arm. But likely he's going to be the second pick to the Jets after Trevor Lawrence. You wonder what happens after that at number three because that's where now San Francisco resides. And, We'll see what they do uh, at number three. But you got to believe it's going to be somebody like Trey Lance or Justin Fields. You would not give up two number ones, flop number ones, and a number two and a three in, in order to move up and not take a quarterback. That's the kind of uh, you know equity you're going to give up for quarterbacks only, not anyone else on your roster. I don't care how good that person is. You need quarterbacks. That's how you do it. 412-928-9370 is the number. I want to talk a little bit about the Penguins because – I want to give them some kudos for what they're doing, um, you know, with, with a lineup that does not include Malkin right now and Zucker and Tanev and Bluger. Uh, and you can put Kapanen on that list now. He's week to week. Despite all of that, Mike Sullivan has done an outstanding job with this team. Uh, and this team now has uh, put themselves in a nice position. They got some tough games coming up. But they continue to take advantage of the team they're supposed to take advantage of. They did that when they took on New Jersey, although they didn't get as many points as I would have liked there. But they also specifically did it against the Buffalo Sabres. And 
that team has lost 16 in a row and everyone wants out. They're just terrible to watch. And the Penguins, despite that banged up lineup, they still won two games. It'll be a little different tonight with the Islanders, but the good thing about them is their goaltending situation has been terrific. Casey DeSmith, after going up and down and really, you know, as an undrafted player, it's hard to get opportunity. But Casey had one here. Uh, and then he lost it when Jari emerged as the guy they wanted. They actually had to protect him from being taken. So DeSmith goes back and spent last year in the minors. They trade Murray, and the next thing you know, he's back as a backup, and he's turning out to be one of the more uh, tremendous backups in the game. Um, you know, in his last, I don't know how many games, so since February the 15th, he's got a 934 save percentage. His goals against has gone down. It's one of the best in the game, rivaling Marc-Andre Fleury. But Tristan Jari also has played extremely well. That was a point of concern because over the first couple of weeks of the season, they were last in the NHL in save percentage at 865. And then they were second worst, I think, in goals against. They had to get better performance than they have. It all starts there. Those guys, to their credit, have stepped up, no question about it. But this is an Islander team that is very good, even without Anders Lee, their captain, who's out for the rest of this season. The Penguins, however, unusually have had success against them this year. They're going to need that to continue tonight at PPG Paints Arena. 412-928-9370. Let's go back to the lines. We have Tim in the North Hills. What's up, Tim? How are you? Hey, Bob, how you doing? I'm a, right, I'm a fella that, I'm a guy that's never hit a golf ball in my life, uh, but I really admire the talent it takes to play the game. And I watch all the majors, and uh, what that guy, that nod did, I can't help but think he just made a marked man out of himself. I agree. I agree. I mean, he's, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I, I, can't believe what I mean I could have made that putt like I say I never hit a golf ball in my life and I'm sure I would have made that one and to call him out on that that was uh, that was kind of bad well you know if he if he truly called him out what he should have done is penalized him now he wouldn't go through with that because he really would have had something to deal with with the other players on tour who would have alienated him but you know I there's one thing to have gamesmanship because that's part of sports you can do it. That was taking it to an extreme. Even though he was technically right, you don't do that to a guy like Dustin Johnson. Uh, and if you do, uh, you know, just you could tell he was a little bit annoyed. And in the next ball, he hit one in the uh, water. Um, but Kevin Nall's going to have to deal with that, right? There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. I think he's a marked man. Well, thank you, Bob. Thanks for taking the call. All right. I'd like. I thank you, Tim. Appreciate it. I'd like to hear what other people who are golfers out there. If you are a golfer. What did you think of that match play again? For those of you who missed it, you know, uh, it's not about the score. It's about how many holes you win. So Dustin Johnson missed a birdie putt that would have won the hole. He had like five inches coming back. It's a gimme, as they say in the business. He picked the ball up, but Kevin Na did not say good or did not say pick it up, which is what you're supposed to do. You have to concede it to that guy. He never did. Dustin Johnson walks up a hill, goes to the next tee. Kevin Na stays on the green. And Dustin Johnson wondering what the hell's happening. So he goes back down and finds out Kevin Noss says, well, I never gave that to you. But he didn't go through with, uh, you know, giving him a penalty stroke, which he could have done and should have done if, if he felt that strongly about it. But clearly he didn't, which meant he was just trying to get into Dustin's head, which I think he did. But that's just such, as they say in the business, a dick move. You shouldn't do that kind of stuff. Come on. Kevin Nall's going to have to deal with that moving forward. There's no question. It's 412-928-9370. As I said, uh, Sergio Garcia uh, had a hole-in-one to end of his match. <laughs> a lot of great golf going on. If you like it, you can watch it, certainly, uh, down in Austin. 
on the Dell Match Play Championships. Back to the lines we go. It's Counselor who joins us here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. What's up, Counselor? Hi, Bob. How are you? Good, thank you. If I don't talk to you, by the way, happy Easter. You too. Okay. Thanks. Um, my comment is this. I I am somewhat, at least if it's true, that Etienne has picked up 15 pounds and he didn't lose any speed because I did not think that Etienne had the body to take 20 to 25 carries a game. I still lean towards Najee Harris or... Um, uh, with the uh, Williams, Deontay Williams, because of the pound mm-hmm. they would normally take. Williams Being reminds a me a lot of uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire. He's one of those kind of players who, and he's big enough to take a pounding, but he's not that big in stature in terms of height. But he's a very good running back. They're going to end up with one of those guys, I think, but not in the first round. I don't think so. I, I, but I don't think that the tackle, I love to be able to take a tackle, but I don't think the kind of tackle that they would like as a pure left tackle. The guy they're talking about is from Michigan, I think. He, mm-hmm. they, he's played right. They say he can play left. So you're going to have to have a year of learning. I don't know that you can, I mean, as a second-round pick, I could see it, but I don't know that I'd take the tackle unless one of those three, premier tackles that's going to be gone, they say, in the first five rounds is uh, somehow false. Well, again, things can change. And, and Counselor, we saw that yesterday, how things have changed. You know, you may have thought uh, with Miami taking third originally, they, they moved out to 12, they moved back up to six. I've never seen that much bouncing around one day with three teams. And you're going to see more of that, I think, as you get closer to the draft. So it could be a wild draft weekend, and I would expect the Steelers to remain what they need to be, and that is proactive when it comes to reestablishing their offensive line. Not just for this year, but years moving forward. They have some good players there who will be available in the first couple of rounds. I don't think they can ignore that for something else. Yeah, I had to comment on the Pirates is I understand that I, one of these goofers on the MLB said that that Jordan Waller, who's the 17 or 18 year old, is a transformative kind of player, somewhat almost to the equivalency of Derek Jeter. I don't know that the Pirates can wait three years if they pick him, with the fact that now um, uh, the, the pitcher is on a 12 week disabled list, and you know they don't have a lot of depth in pitching, you know. Well, I mean, they're not. This year doesn't matter in terms of what you expect them to do as far as the com- competition. It's about developing. Um, with regard to their first overall pick, it's going to be one of two guys: Jack Leiter, Kumar Rocker, and that's who they have. Um, and we'll see what they do with those guys. I think it's going to be fascinating. Thank you very much for the call, Counselor. Appreciate that. I think it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with the timeline of either of those guys, because both appear to be major league ready. I've read a lot of scouts who follow them down in the SEC, and they say they are ready. They're ready to get to beat. But this, the Pirates do not want to plug them right in now because it goes against what their whole idea is about developing and, and getting the clock started, so to speak. They, they want to time these guys arriving into the majors when it coincides with other guys. Uh, and hopefully, you know, Hayes takes another step forward, and he becomes really legit, and they get other people there who can, who can show that they're going to be part of the core. But – 
It's going to take several years to do that. And I wonder, whoever represents these guys, and i got to believe Scott Boros is involved with one of them. I think it's Rocker. I'm not sure. But whoever is the representative, they're not going to want to sit around and wait if they're ready to go because it's money. Uh, we'll see how it goes and how the Pirates play it, and I think it will be very interesting. That's the part of it that I'm really anxious to see how it goes because they're both very talented guys, and uh, they can certainly use a top-of-the-rotation ace right now in that uh, pitching staff. Pirates take on the Red Sox today. Again, you'll hear it right here on the fan at 105. Opening season takes place. The opener is next Thursday. Uh, and the Cubs, and I talked a little bit about them. I mean, they're a team that they won last year, uh, but they lost, I believe, if I'm not mistaken now, to the Florida Marlins in the first round of the playoffs, even though it was a COVID-60 game weird season. But they brought in Jock Peterson. Um, they've lost Kyle Schwerber, but Jock Peterson's a home run threat. You put him with Bryant, Rizzo, and Baez. Uh, that's a pretty good four hitters coming at you, and they got some other guys as well. They lost a lot of pitching. They've added... As part of the rotation, Trevor Williams, and I think that tells you exactly where they are. They don't have a lot of pitching compared to what you expect in the in uh, you know the previous years. But the Pirates, I would expect them to be where they're going to be, and that's last place. I just don't see a scenario. I hope they get better defensively, fundamentally. I hope we see some guys flourish so that there's something to build around moving forward. But that's going to be the you know the basic way I think you have to observe uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. All right, I want to go back to that draft a little bit with the NFL because of all the movement yesterday with the Dolphins in particular involved in both of those trades with the 49ers and Eagles. I said your draft order changed with three different spots. I want to just go over because someone had tweeted me and says that they don't know the San Francisco third for sure. Yes, the answer is Jacksonville first, Jets second, 49ers third, then it's Falcons Bengals, Dolphins went from 3 to 12. Now they're up to 6. Then Lions at 7, Panthers at 8, Broncos at 9, Cowboys at 10, Giants 11, Eagles 12. So what that means with Miami, and, you know, the jury is still out on Tua Tagovailoa. They took him in the first round. Uh, They had three number one picks, I believe, last year. And, you know, none of them really emerged as the kind of player you would expect it being a first round. But what they have done is loaded up uh, in the next three years. This year, they have, obviously, the sixth overall pick via the Eagles. They have the 18th overall pick, so two first-rounders. Then they have two more in the second round, 36 and 50. So four of the first 50 picks will go to Miami unless they trade somebody again. And they also have a third-round pick at 81. But in 2022, they have a first-round pick. That's from San Francisco, a second two third-round picks, and in 2023, they have two first-round picks, two second-round picks. They are loaded up. Now, it's what you do with those draft picks that matters the most, and we'll see. You you can have the number ones, uh, but if you misdraft them, then it's not worth having, and you have a lot of uh, problems uh, with regard to trying to justify what you're doing, as Cleveland did for many years when they had all these quarterbacks coming and going, and none of them stuck around. 412-928-9370 is the number to call. We continue until 1 o'clock here on KDKA-FM. And a reminder to you at 1, it's the Red Sox and the Pittsburgh Pirates. We'll take a break. More calls on the way at 412-928-9370. You can also, as I said, tweet at KDPOMP. I'd love to hear from you on a beautiful Saturday in Pittsburgh. We'll be back with more right after this on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Keeping it live and local. Back with more of the Bob Pompiani Show on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan, Pittsburgh's hometown sports station. 
Yeah, just over 30 minutes left. Kale Burgers back at the station. Keep him company. Call him, 412-928-9370. He will put you on with me. We'll talk some sports here until 1 o'clock when the Pirates and the Red Sox go to action here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. We've covered a lot of stuff from the uh, draft in the NFL, the Steelers situation, the Penguins and Islanders, and what Penguins have been able to do despite a depleted lineup, as well as the Sweet 16, which we'll get into, and we even squeeze some golf in. In fact, Karen joins us right now on the Fan Hotline with some comments about golf. Karen's in Butler. What's up, Karen? How are you? Hey, I'm well, Bob. You know, um, what golf did was inexcusable. I mean, you, you're a professional golfer. You don't pull that kind of stuff. Um, what he did to Johnson, I think he was being a jerk, and it was totally unnecessary. He could have handled that a little bit more professionally. Like before they even left the green, he could have said something to Johnson about, wait a second, I didn't give that to you. And on the next token, too, uh, Johnson should not have assumed that he was going to make that putt. How many times, Bob, have you and I been on the golf course, and it's it's a, a no-brainer putt, and it lips out? For him to well, assume... I, I would hope, Karen, you would give me all of those. I, I, I need people well, to say, it's good. Well, I, need, it, I need less lockjaw and more, okay, it's good. Well, normally I would, but uh, the girls <laughs> I play with, they would never have given that to me. So for him well, to but assume, honestly, though, it was five inches long. You know, you're yeah, right but, with your original assessment. He handled that all the wrong way, and maybe Dustin should have waited to hear the word, "Hey, it's good," or "Hey, pick it up." He didn't, but that doesn't or, mean Kevin Naw couldn't have handled it totally differently. And and if he was looking to get into his head, fine, you did. But you also have now put yourself out there, and people know exactly what they're dealing with. And this is the kind of stain on your reputation that golfers will remember. Oh, I agree. With, I agree on that, for sure. But Johnson should have said just something to him whenever he was on the green. Uh, is that a gimme? Can I have that? And neither one of them said anything. So for Johnson to assume, he, he's just as guilty as far as I'm concerned as Nolf, because he should not have assumed that he could, that that was a gimme, that he could have that. You're correct. By the letter of the law, Kevin Nolf was right, but how he handled it was extremely bad. That's the difference. Right? I agree. He what kind of handicap very... are you, Karen? I'm sorry, handicap? What no, kind of handicap really, are you? I'm really bad, dude. I'm probably about a 28. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, you but get I strokes. The... You could be handy in a, in a scramble, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You're, hey, my putting is awesome. It truly is. But, um, well, yeah. Well, that I... matters more than anything else. Yeah. Hey, see you on the greens. All right. Thanks, Karen. Appreciate it. Well, so far, everybody's called in agrees that Kevin Na was that was a jerk move. It really was. I mean, there's no reason to do it. But he did it, and now he's going to have to live with it. And, again, even if Dustin Johnson was wrong and not asking, that's the way not to handle it, to let him go all the way to the next tee and just stand there, you know, communicate a little bit. Come on, guys, that's not right. Uh, I never liked it. And, you know, both talented players, gamesmanship does agree. That it's out there, but it shouldn't take place in that form. Let's go to Greg in Youngstown. What's up, Greg? How are you today? Hey, Bob, how's it going? It's good, thanks. Hey, a couple things. First about the Steelers. If I get to hear one more fan say blow up the team, I'm going to go crazy. I mean, blow what up? Get rid of Watt and Bush and Fitzpatrick and Claypool? I mean, these people are morons. You should just cut them off halfway through when they say that. I mean, what do they want to do? It's code work. Get rid of Roethlisberger. That's what they're saying. That's all they're saying, get rid of Roethlisberger. Then just say it. True. That's exactly right. And, you know, again, I think 
I'm willing to bet that Ben Roethlisberger's arm is in much better shape than it was last year, and I think you'll see the results on the field. And your point is well taken. They do have some really good pieces still on defense. Like any team, you're faced with what do you have to do to comply with a cap? You're going to have to make guys available. You're going to have to redraft certain positions. How they do in this draft and how they do the rest of this offseason will determine what kind of team they have. But they have too many good pieces, and I never like the rebuild. We've come too comfortable in general sports society with this word, blow it up, re- rebuild. It's not easy to do. And you know, Greg, if you look at teams that try to do it, and then don't do it, then you're stuck in a 10-year period of not being competitive at all. And I choose not to go there. If I'm the, and, you know, I like the fact that they're trying to build a team that they believe that can contend. Whether or not you agree with Roethlisberger or not, the bottom line is they still have enough pieces that can make them a good team. Oh, agreed. And one more thing about the Pirates. Not a I Super Bowl team, don't get me wrong. I still think they're way off from that, but they're still a good team. And all they want to do is be in a position to get to a playoff. That's how their goal should be. And looking about the Pirates, I heard the nutting conversation. You know, nutting, he, he diverts all the blame to everybody else. This is the guy who got rid of Garrett Cole. Like, now we're saying about blowing up teams. Again, we have no pitching staff. So we have, we have no Jameson tie-in, no Musgrove. We have no pitching. Now, okay, you get rid of all these pitchers. Where are you going to find pitchers at? These guys think that pitchers grow on trees. It's, they're so hard to develop. Out of, it's like quarterbacks. When you have a great pitcher like Garrett Cole, you got to overpay for these guys because you can't find them. Oh yeah, I mean that's part of it. With 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 no cap or floor, you you can do whatever you choose. And you know, again, Jason Mackey did a really in depth interview with that. Good writing as usual on his behalf. But it's the same nonsense that I hear. There's not much change to it. Uh, and he's putting the onus on Ben Charrington to come up with players, and then and only then. When they develop a core, he will add to it. How about if that doesn't happen, Greg? How about if they misdraft people? How about if they don't have enough to build around? Now you're going to be back where you are. And so is that, is that a reason never to spend again? At some point, you have to spend some money, even if you're not yet developed a core team. You know, you owe it to your fan base, for goodness sakes, to try to be competitive. It's impossible. When the Pirates won in the 70s, we've had like Bly Levin and Jerry Royce and Rick Roden and all these guys because we couldn't develop pitchers except for Candelaria. I mean, developing pitchers is the most impossible thing to do in baseball. And these guys just give pitchers away and think that we could develop them. And it's, it's, it's not true. Well, I, you know, the bottom line is, as I've said for decades now, and I'm a broken record when I say it, the economics in baseball stink and it doesn't make this situation any better. I think Nutting knows that, but what Nutting should do is try to fight against it then. Uh, don't just take what's available to you and make money. Yeah, you can make a lot of money like this. That's fine. He's an owner. You do what he chooses to make money. But if you're really committed to trying to change the dynamic of your team being competitive year in and year out, you'd step up and try to lead a charge for some of the smaller, so-called smaller markets to say, wait a minute, this is unacceptable. But if you just keep voting for everything the way it is, then nothing's going to change. And it makes their situation one that they can make a lot of money without having any responsibility of, or um, you know, obligation to spend. That's what I want to see. And, and, yeah, we heard the same thing. We'll spend when it's time to spend. Well, when is it time to spend ever? You know, at some point you've got to spend. Well, it's never time to spend with these guys. It's never. And like I said, when they got rid of Garrett Cole, of course the media in Pittsburgh, except for you, had, oh, he's a bad teammate, and he's bad in the locker room, and all this BS. 
And now on the Yankees, they love the guy. So I don't want to hear this stuff ever again. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, they just want to bash people because they want more money. That's only that's why they bash him. Greg, I'm also very good at spending other people's money. I, I want him to spend, and I thought they could have made a deal for Garrett Cole. People think it's outlandish, but w- why is it outlandish? You know, I mean, you, you're a billionaire owner. You own a baseball team. If you're trying to keep the best players around, at some point you have to. And uh, unwillingness to keep any of them now and keep saying, okay, we're still rebuilding. We're not yet there. We're not going to spend yet. Well, okay, how long will this take? Are there any guarantees? And we'll see. The, the actual litmus test will be, when Ben Sherrington assembles a really good team, we'll see what the salary then becomes, you know, with the uh, payroll. Anyway, I'm up against yep. it, Greg. I appreciate okay. your take as always. 412-928-9370 is the number to call. This is the Bob Bompiani Show. I'm turning it up. On Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan, Pittsburgh's hometown sports station. All right, everyone, welcome back. We continue rounding third, heading home. Joey Cora has the windmill going. I'm going. We'll see if I make it. 412-928-9370 is the number to call as we have just a few minutes left before we join the Pirate Baseball broadcast, taking on the Red Sox today. And before you know it, the opening season will be here. Uh, Starts Thursday against the Chicago Cubs. I'm looking for Cubs. Cardinals, now that they've added Nolan Arenado, although they haven't done all that much yet, but still, that's a pretty good 3-4 bat with Goldschmidt and then Arenado in your lineup. I look for those two teams along with Milwaukee to try to battle it out to win this division. The Reds have taken a step backwards. They lost Trevor Bauer. And how about the Dodgers, what they've been able to do? There you go again with the economic system, which I hate in baseball. They just go out and bring in every superstar, and they'll pay them too because they can, because there's no revenue sharing, because they have the biggest TV market, because all of this stuff goes against every other team in the league. And you can argue with me all you want about, well, look how many teams can advance to the play. Listen, when you have a 300, approaching $300 million payroll versus a 30, who do you think has a better chance to win a division? Who do you think has a better chance? That's what's wrong with this league. That's what's wrong with the way business is handled. And that's why the Pirates should be a team that leads the way in trying to change it. For no other reason, just to show your fan base that you're interested in changing it so that you can have a better team year in and year out instead of waiting once every 10 years for some sort of rebuild to take place. Anyway, that's been my narrative here for the last how many years on this, and it's never going to change, it seems. So you got to deal with what you got to deal with. And then when you look at it, if I asked you honestly right now, if you had a core of Pirate players, who would be in your core? I asked Kale, and we came up with maybe two names. Could Brian Hayes, absolutely right now, and maybe Mitch Keller. But Mitch Keller needs to step, uh, uh, you know, take another step forward. Other than that, who is there? Now you hope guys in the, you know, that they've brought in in, in two or three years can be the kind of people you can work around. You, you need guys to develop very quickly. Certainly they're going to get a, a top-of-the-rotation guy, either in Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker. Those, one of those two will be here, and that is a tremendous start the question is, you have to time it with the rest of these guys uh, because you want to make sure you keep them around the organization as long as you can before he hits free agency. Okay, Brian Hayes, in case you missed it just from last week, where he was offered a deal by the Pirates. I've, n- I've not seen specifics of that deal. It's an easy deal to do if you're a franchise because you would want to go through the arbitration days so that if this guy is really good, then he's not going to have a salary that goes from $2 million to $20 million in one year. So that's why you sign these sorts of contracts. But even at that, he turned them down. So he's certainly betting on himself. Will they revisit that? Will they up the offer, whatever the offer was? 
we'll find out. But I think that's a, an interesting um, dynamic because, you know, there's a lot to be said. And if you're a young player, those kinds of deals, McCutcheon signed one. In the end, he looks back and probably said, well, I jipped myself out of money. But it's also guaranteed money for you currently in case you get hurt. If Brian Hayes, something bad happened to him, he would be guaranteed money that was offered to him in that contract. Without it, he goes year to year. And nothing for the first three years, then there's arbitration. He finally has some control over his financial future at that point. But the Pirates were willing to take those years away, give him some money, make it guaranteed, but it obviously wasn't enough to suit him. So he decides to wait, uh, and we'll see how that goes. But um, the bottom line is I don't expect much from them this year. Hopefully we'll see some development. I'd love to see Mitch Keller turn into a 15-game winner and give you some hope there. Love to see uh, any of these position players, you know, come up from uh, AAA and make an impact. Disappointing to see Cole Tucker get back down. Disappointing Will Craig. These are guys that people in the organization and the last regime said are going to be guys who are going to build around. Well, not so much. And I don't know how long it actually takes, but they got, you know, time working against them as they try to, you know, put this all together at the same exact time. So that's what the Pirates situation is. As far as the Penguins, anxious to watch this game tonight. Um, the Islanders are a really good hockey club. They came from behind and beat the Bruins the other night. They were down two zip, and they won it in overtime 4-3 to three on a beautiful play by Nick Letty, who came in and just absolutely blew by the Boston defense, put a shot on goal. Halak couldn't find the rebound, and Anthony Beauvillier did. So Islanders coming here with a big win. Washington beat the Devils last night 4 nothing. So those two teams are tied for the top spot. The Penguins could get two points closer with a win tonight, especially a regulation win. That's going to be important. But it should be a, an interesting game. They got nice production um, out of Redeem Zahorna the other day in his debut. He's a big kid, undrafted out of the Czech Republic, sets up by Anthony Angelo. They're getting contributions. Some guys are going to need it. But they are playing without Bluger, Tanev, Malkin, Kapanen, Zucker. I mean, those are guys who are primary guys to your team. And if they all get back and get healthy and they're rested heading into the postseason, the Penguins could be a handful with any team in the East. So the bottom line is we'll see how it goes. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be a fascinating finish. And you get to a best of seven. Uh, I think this will be a little different than what we saw last year in that bubble where they were apparently disinterested, at least it looked that way, with what they were doing. 412-928-9370. I also want to close out here with um, some stuff on the NCAA tournament because we got the Sweet 16 going on. I had Gonzaga winning it all, so that's the only thing left in my bracket. Everything else has been bloodied. Uh, Illinois disappointed me. They lost to Chicago Loyola, but I really liked that team. Uh, I did, but I just couldn't see them beating the number one seed at the time. Little did I know they're... <laughs> they're better than them, and they've proven to be that case. Uh, so we'll see what they can do against Oregon State today. So it's Gonzaga, Creighton in the Sweet 16, USC, Oregon. Those are West uh, brackets. Uh, Michigan, Florida State. Florida State's a good team to bet on, even though I think Michigan overall is a better team, although they're missing one of their key players. UCLA, Alabama. UCLA has done a very good job. Uh, Alabama's a very athletic team, and, and really, if you watch them in the SEC, uh, they were elite pretty much all year. On the other side, in the south region, it's number one, Bela, against number five, Villanova. Now, Jay Wright is tournament-tested in this. He's a good coach in the postseason. 
they're a situation where they they're going to have to shoot 60 percent or more to beat Baylor I think and then you have Arkansas Oral Roberts is a really good team uh, they've been around you know eight returning start or uh, members five starters on that team there's a lot to be said for that Loyola against Oregon State, and then you have Syracuse-Houston in a very interesting matchup of two versus 11. And that zone works. Jim Mayheim proves it time in and time out. All right, so um, bottom line is we're pretty much out of time. We have Pirate Baseball coming up. I want to thank our sponsors once again, PNC Bank. Make today the day at PNC and check out their new virtual wallet. Also, number one Cochrane. Go one better. Ride in style with number one Cochrane. And we're brought to you in part by Ireland Contracting, home of the Ireland Contracting Nightly Sports Call on Pittsburgh's CW. So thank you to all of those uh, sponsors. Make it possible. And now it's time to check out the weather, which if you've been outside at all, you know it's a beautiful day, especially for March the 27th. You can't expect more than this. It's going to be partly sunny, milder, high of 70. Tonight, a little bit of cloud action and then some late-night showers. It's going to be a rainy Sunday Low tonight, 56, and then sun returns on Monday. Fan weather is brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Whether you're looking for a great deal or a new pre-owned vehicle or great service, you'll find it at Sun Chevy. Our thanks to Kale Berger back at the station. Stick around. Pirate baseball's coming up. The Pirates and the Red Sox opening day next Thursday in Chicago against the Cubs. And I'm, myself, it's a great day for golf. So I'm going to play the beautiful old Stonewall Golf club in Evans uh, City, Elwood City, and I'm going to take on my nephews who need to give me strokes, as many as possible. If you've not been to Old Stonewall, you should check it out. It's, it's a wonderful place to play golf. And that's going to do it for our show. Kale, thanks very much for the help back there, and stick around. Pirate Baseball's coming up right here on Sports Radio 93.7thefan.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 